You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at livethemessage.org. Good morning, church. Amazing to see you all here this morning, bright and early, an hour earlier. Um, What an amazing day we have planned today. Um, Get to welcome and bring... uh, a great friend, a longtime friend of ours, me and my wife's, uh, Jana Sodchuk. Um, several weeks ago, uh, we started a series here at this church called Ready for Only God. And the heart of this series has been that when you get grafted into the family of God through the work of Jesus Christ, you're grafted into the miraculous, that God positions us to live in a place that we're positioned for the impossible, positioned to depend on him and trust in him and him alone. Even, I mean, just in line with the word that Nicole spoke during worship that we get ourselves ready and positioned for God to do what only he can do. And that's, that's the way of a child of God. That's the way we're supposed to live uh, day in and day out. And so we've been um, stirring ourselves up to believe that, to take God at his word and begin to, to trust him in a greater way. And so as I was preparing this series uh, months ago, uh, Pastor Jana Sacha came to my mind as just a picture of, of a child of God that's continually lived this way. Um, she, over the years, has continued to pour into me and my wife, into our lives, and um, when we were kids, you know, she taught us how to worship, and um, she was Chi Alpha alumni, and, um, and as of late, she's continued to live that way with, with her family. Several, several years ago, uh, her and her family planted a church in Fargo, North Dakota, and the story behind this church is so beautiful. It wasn't because they, they had some deep-seated ambition to plant a church, but people kept showing up at their doorstep, and they started a Bible study in their home, and people wanted prayer for healing, People wanted to know Jesus, this Jesus that they knew. And, uh, you know, after this group grew and people kept coming to their home, they decided we need to start a church and to start discipling these people. And it's such a beautiful story. So uh, she's pastor of Burning Hearts Church in Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, as Nicole alluded to, it is her birthday today. So we're going to show her a lot of love this morning. I want you all to rise to your feet. Give Pastor Jana Sodchuk a huge life point round of applause. Let's go. Great. Thank you. Well, good morning. And yes, it's my birthday. I said when you're in your 50s, you don't really want everyone to know it's your birthday, but (laughs) it's okay, right? So everyone knows it's my birthday. You don't have to know the exact age, right? (laughs) Well, it is a privilege to be here. I absolutely love your staff. I've loved them for years. And it's just amazing as I'm sitting here just worshiping the Lord. And I told Tony, I'm so excited to be in Tony worship with him. And just the presence of God that comes and the encounters we've had together, even since you were little, but even as you were adults, has just been incredible. And I was having memories of God is just so good. And how you talk about this is a family, it really is. And when you encounter Jesus together, that depth just, you can't explain it. It goes deeper and deeper. And I'm just so grateful. And as I'm watching these pastors leading, they lead really well. You are really blessed. <laughs> Isn't it good? <laughs> it's so good. Ames is blessed to have you. Um, Well, today I have a lot on my heart, and so we're going to talk fast. Um, My staff always gives me a hard time. I love the Word of God. I mean, I love it, and I always do too many verses, and so today I was like, I got to cut some back and get some things taken out, but I just want you to know I am excited about what God's doing here, and I'm not here to say this is, I'm not here to like tell you this is how it's done because you're already doing it. 
And I feel like I'm just coming in to partner with what God's already doing in this house. And I just get to encourage you and say, keep going, keep running with it. Your series that you've been on is amazing. And what God is already doing in your lives and in your families, I just want to just throw some fuel on that fire that's already burning in your hearts. And so um, today I'm going to talk about the two sides of the cross. And in in Jesus' death and resurrection, there's salvation and there's healing. And so many times we just talk about salvation, we don't necessarily talk about the healing end. And so today I'm going to, this morning is more of a, I'm going to have a teaching time. And tonight I'll share a lot more testimonies and uh, we're going to talk tonight more about just the types of healing that God does, what we've noticed, my husband and I. I'm also a mom. I have three growing children. Our youngest is 20. I have a 24-year-old and a 22-year-old. And my husband's a surgeon. And so as God took us on this journey of healing, it was when we were younger, we began to see God move in miracles. When the Cold War was over, and some of you are not even old enough to know what that is, look in your history books and uh, figure that out. When the Cold War was over, I went in with missionary group and was a part of a team that was establishing schools and churches in there. And what happened in Russia, they were getting saved so fast. All of a sudden, you know, the word of God, just like in Nehemiah, for generations they hadn't heard the word, and all of a sudden they're yelling, truth, truth. Their spirits just knew it was true, and they're getting saved by the multitudes. It was crazy. We never did get school going. We just kind of homeschooled the kids and did our thing. But the churches were being planted. But as they'd come forward for salvation, People, as you'd pray for salvation, all of a sudden, babas, grandmas, their little backs would start cracking really loud, and they'd straighten up. And I was like, okay, I don't have a grid for this. And then I'd pray for the next one, and like tumors would fall off. I was like, okay. As they were getting saved, all of a sudden, Jesus met them, and they were getting healed and set free from bondages. And from, yeah, it was amazing. And from like communism is evil we know that it's evil and the darkness that it carries from that to bringing joy the joy of their salvation just watching countenance like the emotions being healed and that started me on this journey saying I know in this book I read about it but you're doing it so what does that mean teach me and so I began to just ask the Lord just teach me about healing because I see salvation and healing and they go together. What does this look like? So I came back to the States and my husband moved back to Fargo, North Dakota. And he um, came back after being in India. If any of you know Buntains, he was a part of Buntains Hospital and that ministry. And um, some of you older types have probably heard the Buntain. Has anyone heard Buntain speak? I just love them. Oh, anyway. So he worked there, and then he was in the mountains of Guatemala doing surgery in the bush bush. And um, he came back to Fargo to take a practice, and we met and got married. But as we were talking, and like in those first years, all we could say and pray was, we want to see the good stuff. We want to see the dead raised, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, and then greater things than these. But we want to see the good stuff in America. And we pray that all the time. We just want to see the good stuff. We saw it in Guatemala and in India and in Russia. And I was in Fiji, you know, different places. But I didn't see it in America. So what does it look like in the States? Awaken us, God. I don't know what it meant. So... Um, Fast forward, we had three children, and we were still contending for this. We went to a meeting in Minneapolis, and I'd never heard of these people, Bill Johnson, Randy Clark, and Heidi Baker, and it was 14 or 15 years ago, I can't remember. And in this church, a woman who had been saved one day from Teen Challenge, she comes up and she got her knee healed. There was a word of knowledge about knee, and her knee was healed. And all of a sudden, um, Dr. Randy goes, 
Someone in this room that released testimony, there's other knees that need to be healed. And all of a sudden, this long line starting to wrap around the church of knees. Who knew there were so many broken knees in a church? And they were like going around, and they said, we're not supposed to pray. You have the testimony. One day saved, she carries the testimony. So they had her praying, and every one of those knees was healed. It was just amazing. And our kids were little, and I had them stand up on the chairs, and I said, this is that. This is what we've been praying for, and it's in America. And that once you see the testimony, we're going to talk about word of the testimony. Once you see God do it, it's that Revelation 19, do it again, God. The word of the testimony releases it for us. It stirs our faith, but it also says, do it again, God. Let's do it again. And so it began to stir in us. That week then I went home, and in that conference we had met another physician from Fargo in passing. And she wasn't at that night meeting. She grew up in a church that were cessationists that didn't believe healing was for today. And she goes, all of a sudden I had a patient that got healed and I just need to know more. So she had gone to this conference, but missed that night meeting when it all broke out. And so we were in the mall. I don't know if you do this at Christmas. Your little children sing in the mall. <laughs> do they? So our kids are singing in the mall, and we're the mom standing there watching them going, when is this going to be over? No, <laughs> so they're just like little elementary kids at Park Christian School, singing in the mall with their white and black. You know how it goes. And um, they were singing away, and she goes, tell me about what happened. And so I started to tell her about that meeting and what God did. And as you talk about him, what happens? When you talk about Jesus, the presence just comes. We're in the mall, and his presence just falls, and we're just getting undone. She goes, tell me more. I mean, I just tried to tell her every detail. And she's like, tell me where it is in the Bible. And we're talking about the scriptures. And as we're talking the whole time, she's getting paged, and she's a neurologist. And I said, well, I'm sure your patients can probably wait in neurology, you know. And she goes, Actually, I have to go in now. This is injustice for everything that we've talked about. A 23-year-old came in, and they were CAT scanning because they had a brain that was a migraine in her head. And when she was in the CAT scan, she died. She had a um, she brain bleed and died, and they kept her alive. And they, I don't know if, if you're medical, you know this. They do a death certificate, then they keep you alive if you're a donor or organ donor, and then they kind of figure out where all the organs are going to go, and then she was getting paged to come and do that final death certificate, and then the organs go out, and she goes, this is injustice. I said, I know. I don't understand. All I know is he's no respecter of persons, and if he can do it for Heidi Baker in Mozambique, he can do it in Fargo, North Dakota, and I said, he is resurrection life, and that's all I know, and I said, I'll pray, so we left. She went in her car, and I'm in the mall. Just all I could say is your resurrection life. You know, in Acts, they preached the gospel of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and signs and wonders followed. And that's all I knew is he's just resurrection life. And so she went to the, um, so excuse me, mine is on the other side in North Dakota. I'm just like, might be a little off today. <laughs> um, so she went um, to the clinic or to the hospital and they're just screaming on her floor and she's like what is going on they said your dead girl's alive and she's fully alive and she said what happened <laughs> so, she's like okay explain everything to me I need to know this and as they explained it she goes when did it happen I want to know the exact time and 25 minutes early we're, we're in the mall and we're like all we know is his resurrection life she pops up and comes alive now if you're in the medical field do you know that never happens. It just is not. It's not a thing that happens. And um, even to come alive and start walking and talking, I mean, some could come back and be a vegetable, but she was fully restored, fully restored. And we were like, okay, Jesus, 
you know, we've been praying for this. We didn't know what to do. We're like, wow, I guess you raised the dead. Like we, how many years had I prayed that? And I was like, didn't believe it. To be honest, I was like, okay. And um, that week continued and it started us on a journey. So that physician called me. She said, I have a patient that has ALS that hasn't walked in eight years and I want to pray for her. I was like, great. I said, I'll just go pray. You tell me how it goes. And so I just went off and prayed. And you know what? It doesn't matter what area of life you're in. We're all on this team together. At that time, I was an at-home mom, and I just, I had an hour so I could pray. So I went and prayed, and she calls me screaming an hour later. She said, she's walking. She's walking. What happened with that patient is her ALS began to reverse, and she began to be healed, and they've been drawing her blood for the cure for ALS. And so she's seen seven healed of ALS. She's an ALS specialist, actually, and the tension of the kingdom, her brother died of Lou Gehrig's disease in this season. So, you know, we, we only see in part, you guys. We, we haven't seen all the fullness of breakthrough. We know if Jesus came in the room, everyone would be healed. We know that if he stepped in, all would be healed. Her brother's in heaven, and he is fully healed and restored. We know that. But I know on earth, if Jesus stepped in the room, they'd all be healed. It's going to bring, I just t- share this testimony because I'm going to talk a little more about this when we read some scriptures. But it's causing the cure for the disease. So it was, all of a sudden, that healing caused us to start contending and pulling our intercessors in to say, we need to start believing for cures for diseases. Because if we find a cure, my husband, he's a physician, he says, all of our breakthroughs in medicine are from God. Because the enemy would never allow that kind of breakthrough. And he's like, all breakthroughs in medicine are from him. And if we find cures for diseases, it's going to go around the world, right? So she has been contending for ALS. We have intercessors contending for this. This year, she's presented a paper in the international ALS, whatever, neurologic, la, 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 whatever it is, um, thing on the breakthrough that she's found. And they're this close to the cure. They're just like, she said, we are just this microfiber away from it all being cured. So I say that in that God wants to use little old me. He wants to use little old us in whatever place we're at, in whatever he's called us to do. That week continued a blind man of, I think it was seven or eight years as well, got his sight. Um, And we just were wrecked. We're like, okay, we don't even know what to do. And that's how the Bible study in our house started, was we just invited um, five people over. And a couple were a doctor and a hospital um, administrator, and we we're like, we need to learn about healing. So we put in Randy Clark's DVDs on healing and thought, let's just learn. And the first night, 30 people showed up, and they said, we heard that you are going to teach on how to pray for the sick. And the next week, 50 showed up. And in that started this movement that, I don't know, people were getting saved and healed. And it was ironically, the 50 that showed up, probably three-fourths of them didn't even believe healing was for day or that you could hear from God. So I was like, I don't even know why you're here. But at the end of it, because God did so much, they all believed. Actually, there are a lot of leaders in our church today. <laughs> They're kind of our core leaders are the people that were in that group, the original group. But let's look at the two sides of the cross. So I want to go in first to the Old Testament to talk about the covenant that Jesus set up. Um, And then we'll go into um, the cross. So in Exodus 34.10, this is the first time in the Bible where it's supporting healing and that um, that covenant that God made with his people, he declares in Exodus 34.10, it says, then the Lord said, I'm making a covenant with you before all your people 
I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. The people you live among will see how awesome is the works that I, the Lord, will do for you. God established his covenant with his children of Israel, and it was a covenant with signs and wonders. Now, when you look at the Hebrew word for signs and wonders in that text, it talks about the miraculous things in nature. Now, if you know anything about Hebrew, there's so much more to a word than you can comprehend. So when we think of nature, it's just the miraculous things like a tree grew, or he caused the fig tree to wither, you know, whatever. It's more than that. In that context, it's for healing and for deliverance. It's signs and wonders for the whole being, for healing, for deliverance, for everything that a human would need. And it's those signs and wonders. So that covenant was established with God's people in Exodus. But then let's think in Hebrews. What does he say? He says that we're in a better covenant based on a better sacrifice with better promises. What's that covenant? It's that new covenant. Every time we take communion, what do we say when we take communion? Remember this. It says, Jesus, do this in remembrance of me. This cup is the new covenant of my blood. So that new covenant of his blood is what we step into. And in that covenant is signs and wonders and miracles. I know Pastor Drew has been teaching on this, so I'm probably reiterating a lot of things he said. But I want to bring into the context now, when we're looking at that new covenant, there's two sides. There's salvation, the forgiveness of sins, and there's healing. How easy is it us today to, someone comes forward and wants to meet Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and you pray with them, you tell them how to ask for forgiveness, you lead them in a prayer to have Christ as their Lord and Savior. Do you, do you question, do you leave there going, I don't know if that guy got saved today. Do any of us leave like that? We don't. Now, when people come forward for healing and we're praying for them, I don't know if they're going to get healed. We need that same confidence of knowing that person stepped into relationship with Jesus Christ as we do for healing because it's both sides of the cross. It's a challenge. You guys, it takes risk. I live in that tension. I have a very sick son. Our youngest son has been very ill for six years. He was, his life was spared, which is a miracle, but he's still very sick. Yet I see miracles happen every week. And it's that tension of, will you give up or are you going to keep going? Are you going to take the risk to pray with someone? Even though God is in charge of the outcome, he's the one that ultimately heals. It's King Jesus. He heals. It's his outcome. We just say yes to him. That risk is real. So in that, as we look at the two sides of the cross, let's turn to Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. Surely he took up our pain and bore our sufferings. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we were healed. We all are like sheep and have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Healing and salvation in verses 6 and 4. There's healing and there's salvation in those two verses. That's what Jesus did. This is prophesying what he's coming to bring to earth. But First Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. By his wounds, in the Greek it says, you already have been healed. It's already done on the cross. So that salvation and that healing that he brought is done. He's made provision right there on the cross for us. 
In Matthew 8, I think Pastor Drew read, was quoting this this morning, when Jesus went to Peter's house and saw the mother-in-law lying in the bed with a fever and he touched her hand and the fever left. It says in verse 16, when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. He drove out the demonic and he healed all the sick, not just some. This was to fulfill the word that was spoken through the prophets in Isaiah. He took our infirmities and bore our disease in both sides of the cross. Jesus is commissioning his disciples and he says, go raise the dead, cleanse the leper, heal the sick. Can you imagine that? Okay. These guys had been following him. They'd seen him do miracles. Now he's like, go do it. <laughs> like, whoa. There's two go commands. Go raise the dead, go cleanse the leper, go heal the sick, and go into all the nations. Those are our go commands. Like, we need to do it. He didn't ask us to do it if we couldn't do it, right? He gave us the access, the, the ability to do it. Those things that are not seen yet, we're going to see them. He is the God of the impossible. He's the one that steps in. In John 14, 12, it says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Greater things than these. I want to see the things first, and then we'll step into the greater things. But it's something for our bar and our standard to be raised to his standard. You know, we talk about culture, kingdom culture. This is, it's the values of the kingdom. Culture means the values and the ideas or whatever that you follow in a kingdom. Well, kingdom culture is that standard, is that we step into this, that we step into the God of the impossible using us. Healing comes in a lot of ways. And um, as I was preparing this, there's just a flood of testimonies. God is so good. But healing comes in the presence of God. He says in the scriptures that, he, that um, he was present to heal them. Again and again it says God was present to heal them. That Jesus came and the presence of God was there to heal. It says in Luke five seventeen. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there was a Pharisee and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So that very presence came to heal in that power of the Lord is the dunamis power, the miraculous power that came to heal. Now, in his presence, I know you see this. I was seeing it happen in church today. How many people come to church and you're worshiping and the presence of God comes and you're thinking of things in your life that you just have to give to him? And it's such a safe place to say, God, forgive me. Or God, I, this area is really hurting. Can you feel it? His presence is there to heal you. It's such a safe place to say, every area in my life, God, I just give it to you. And when his presence comes, everything changes because he's in the room. His presence is here to heal. What does it say in scripture? Where two or three are gathered, I am there with them. That's it. It's just two of us in that community. When we're together, he's there. If you don't believe it or if you don't feel it, you got to trust this. Healing comes from the word too. And so... <clears throat> The presence of God, recently we had a conference for, I don't know if you know, Burn 24-7, Sean Foyt, and they, we hosted their international leaders conference, so their leaders from all over came. And during that time, um, <clears throat> we went into worship, and as we were worshiping, I sensed that there were three incredible miracles that took place, and I, could, I was like, God, you just healed this and this and this. But it was done. Like, usually you give a word of knowledge, and then it happens, but I knew it was done, and he's, God says, go, now go tell them, because they don't even know they're healed yet. And so I went up. I can't even remember what they were like. 
Whatever it was, I said, these three things, if that's a symptom you've been carrying or a disease you have, I want you to check it and see if it's gone. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 three people. It had already been gone, just in worship. His presence was there to heal. It wasn't, anyone didn't pray for them. It wasn't a word of knowledge and they responded. It was in his presence, Jesus healed them. We have nurses in the hospitals. Um, I like to give like the practical because church is amazing, but really where's the temple? Where does the, it's supposed to go deeper. It's supposed to be outside the walls. And that's where, honestly, we've seen the, the more, the greater miracles outside the walls of our church. We've seen organs come back. I'll talk about that tonight, like dead organs come back to life. And just, we've seen 15 raised from the dead, and there aren't dead people at the church. It's out there. You know what I mean? Like, it's out in those streets. But it takes risk. It takes us saying, yes, we're going to do this and try to, and just step in and pray. And even though we might not see the outcome we want, he's in charge. It's his outcome. Um, Also, um, so in the hospital, where was I going? (laughs) We have nurses who know who they are in Christ. And so when they go in a room and a situation is, they go, I can smell death. Are there any medical people in here today? Can you wave at me? Oh, great. Okay, we have a couple. Yay. We love medical people. We love everyone. But you know what I mean? I just have this, you know, tender heart. (laughs) Um, But as the nurse comes in the room, we have a number of nurses who I don't know if you, we call it soaking in prayer. So they'll go in their quiet time in the morning, they'll pray and they'll get their treasure list of what God wants to do in their shift. And so they'll get like um, diseased legs, they'll get a heart or this or that. So they know, because their day is hectic and crazy, you know, and it's nuts, but they know when that person, there's the diseased legs, I need to stop and listen to what Holy Spirit's doing. And so they'll stop and listen and then they'll pray for the person. They've led so many to the Lord. So many. You know, people in the hospitals don't not want prayer. They all want it. <laughs> They're in a place where they want prayer. Anyway, so she goes into the room, and she knows. She's like, I can sense that there's death in this room. It's not right. You know, there's despair. And she'll come in and say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. She'll say, where my feet go, his kingdom comes. And she'll begin to just pray. She's the most quiet, non-assuming person on the planet. You'd never know she is just like a fiery one in the spirit. She's quiet, huh? But she comes in and she just says, nope, this is for you. And she has seen so many people with congestive heart failure walk out healed. Just by doing that, just by saying, I carry his presence. In his presence comes healing. In his presence comes life. She's seen new organs, like new hearts. Like you'll see in the slide, a damaged heart. And then today, a brand new heart. And the doctor goes, I can't explain it. It's Jesus. He came in. So we carry his presence, and when we invite King Jesus, he's the healer into a place. Everything's going to change. Another, um, is it okay I share testimonies for a bit? These examples. I know in our church, we had this woman who had been severely abused as a child, and a lot of her growing up, every kind of abuse you can imagine. And You know, as a pastor, you pray and you love them and you're just praying for that breakthrough. They're going to therapy. They're doing everything they know to do to get healed. And one day in worship, she comes in 50 years later. She's 50 years old. And the presence of God just hits her. And all the fear, all the pain, all the anxiety just comes off. And she's set free. Like her countenance changed. Everything was made whole in that moment in her life. You know, the word in healing and salvation in the New Testament a lot of times is sozo, and it's 
You were saved, healed, set free, made whole. So it's your physical, your spiritual, and your emotional, your soul was healed. And that's what happened to her in that moment. She was totally set free, just in the presence. We'd prayed for her a ton, but no one was praying for her in that moment. And she was healed. So in his presence comes healing. And you know what? You carry his presence. Christ is in you, that hope of glory. So healing comes through the word. I love in the 50s, if you study the revivalists in the you know, his revival history. But in the 50s, there were a lot of healing revivalists, right? 40s, 50s, and those years. And there were a number of them who, incredible faith, they were called the faith healers. And they just had faith to see incredible things take place. But there was a quote by Oral Roberts, and he, he was said, one of the pastors during a revival meeting, there were a number of them on the stage, came up to him and said, all of us are gonna go away one day because this is what's happening through our faith. But you're teaching and you're stepping out out of the word of God. And out of his word, you're saying that's why they're getting healed. Because your word says it. And it stuck with me. Like, yes, we need to know what his word says. Because when we posture ourselves to pray for someone, it's in your book, Jesus. You said it. This is why we're doing it. And I think the more we like, meditate on the verses, more we know these things, the authority grows. Your faith grows. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, is, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What are his benefits? Who forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. That's what he does. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's the word of God that awakens our faith. Out of that place, our faith can rise because you said it. It's in the book. I don't know how many times I've told him that. You said it. It's in here. In Acts, we saw, you, as you read through Acts, we just as a church went through the whole book of Acts. And as, so I've, it's fresh in my studies. And <clears throat> as you look at it, as they preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ, signs and wonders followed. As they preached the resurrection of Jesus Christ, signs and wonders, miracles, and salvations follow. As they preached, signs and wonders follow. Again and again and again and again, it happened. As they were persecuted, they had to be dispersed. It was the best thing for the gospel is their persecution. It went all over then. But as they were persecuted, they began to preach the gospel in all of the area. And what happened? Signs and wonders followed. Our daughter was in India. She um, did an internship there. And she was uh, with street children. She loves children. So she worked in orphanages and she was with the street children as much as she could, which there were many, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands or whatever, street children. And she's kind of the Pied Piper. She's the size of a child. She, we always joke she's child size. She's like really tiny. <laughs> she's 5'3", but really tiny. Um, and so she kind of fits in with the kids, I think. And as they were coming around her, she was praying for them and just asking God to move in them. And nothing was happening. And she's like, man, what's the, bro- what's the block right now? What's, I need a breakthrough here, God. Like, I know you bring signs and wonders. What's going on? And she said, I know if I preach the gospel, they'll get healed. And so she began to talk more about the gospel and begin to preach the gospel. And by the end of it, she said there was this line going down the street. And she had these other two guys with her that were praying. And she said they were all getting healed one by one by one. But she said, I had to preach the gospel first. And it's, a, it's, it's the truth. Like when you begin to speak the truth of God's word, he comes, he shows up. It's in his presence and it's in the word of God. Healing comes in those places. Um, testimony. 
the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So it's that do it again, like I shared in that first testimony. In us experiencing things with God and seeing him move, our faith grows, right? When you see someone healed, it goes. I get words of knowledge a lot of times in dreams, which are not a lot of people get them like that. And I'll wake up and I'll have all these words. And one morning before church on Sunday, I woke up and I had this word gangle. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, Ted, is there anything like a ganglion? He goes, yeah, ganglion cyst. I was like, oh, okay, Jesus wants to heal that today. So I'm like, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, okay, we have words of knowledge. I'm like, <laughs> let's just say I'm not like, Randy Clark will say, oh, someone needs their leg healed. They were in a car accident. And then um, this happened. And then your name is Josh and you were born in 20, whatever, 2000. And you know, he just has all these details. I just get ganglion cyst. So anyway, <laughs> they came, there were two people that came up. I don't know if you know what they are. They're just bumps. They're cysts on a hand. And as we begin to pray, I saw him go whoop, melt and go away. But he wanted to do that. And that just built a testimony in me. I had not seen that. Like a word I didn't really know. You call it forward. People come up and Jesus heals it. Something stirred in my faith to grow in a deeper measure. To really, I believe in words of knowledge. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. And out of the words of knowledge, so many people get healed. But that just stirred in me. And so we started to share that testimony that Look what God did. And it began to start a movement in our church of more and more words of knowledge that began to do it again, God. Do it again, God. Anyway, so um, I, I just wanted to just address, I know, this morning too, that two sides of the cross, we're seeing healing, we're seeing salvation. What do you do if you haven't seen your breakthrough yet? Some of you have contended for God for a lot of years for a breakthrough in a family member, in your own personal body, in your life. What do you do? The word of God hasn't changed. You know, it's not changing. He's not changing. He's still king of all kings, and he still heals, but why haven't I had my breakthrough? And there's things sometimes that block healing, like if there's sin or if there's um, unforgiveness. We know that. Like, we just check our heart and go after that. But I want to tell you, if you're that person who's prayed and you just didn't see the breakthrough, pray again and pray again, pray again and pray again because that's who he is. He is God of the breakthrough. My husband has, he had um, severe kidney disease, like he would have been on dialysis by the age of 40 and so um, inherited, you know, generational, whatever, whatever. We'd had all the healing revivalists pray for him and everybody under the sun pray for him for seven years and we're in Beulah, North Dakota. Western North Dakota, tiny little town in the coal country, like tiny. And they have healing rooms. And he goes in, he's like, well, I'll have them pray. Tiny little town in the country. God uses everybody, right? We're all in on this. Everyone's in. He goes in and he walks out totally healed. He got totally healed. He went to the he go, went to his doctor. He hates going to the doctor, even though he's a doctor. And he went to his doctor. And his doctor said, I cannot explain it. Here's your numbers. Here's what they were. And he showed them again and again. He goes, it was Jesus. That's all I can say is it was Jesus. But I want you to know, seven years, he'd go forward all the time at church. Like in those areas at church where y'all are praying, he'd be over there getting prayer. He was tenacious and he never saw the breakthrough. Our son is still sick, but I am tenacious. I know one day I'm going to see him healed. We're going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We are going to see him fully healed. Until then, we go forward, and we keep asking, and we keep contending. 
It's God's job to do the healing. We just have to be obedient to pray and believe in it. We have to be obedient to make that space in our lives to say yes to him, to pray over things. The outcome is not ours, but it's us just saying that yes and that obeying Jesus to pray for the sick. When I was in the grocery store in Hornbachers, Osgood, I was running around, you know, getting my groceries, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just caught me, you know? I was like, what? What do you want to do, God? <laughs> okay, I'm listening. You know, sometimes it takes, I have to stop myself and listen. I always have a plan, and I had to get this done. I have five minutes. And he said, you need to go play with that lady. And I was like, are you serious? I'm in Hornbachers. <laughs> I was like, if you know me, I'm seriously an introvert. It takes a lot for me to stand up here and speak. I'm 100% introverted. And this lady was handing out the little samples. Do you have sample ladies at your grocery store? So she's handing out a sample. And then I looked behind, I saw she had a cast on, and she was elderly, and I was like, okay, Jesus, I'll do it. I was just like, my heart is racing. You guys still, I get nervous, so I'm like walking up. Um, Can I pray for you? I just felt like God wanted to pray for you and just show his goodness, and I see you have a cast, you know, and she's like, yes, will you pray? And so she goes, I haven't been to church for so long. All of a sudden, everyone starts confessing their sins, like you're something, I don't know. Like, she's like, I haven't been to church for so long, and I used to know Jesus. I'm like, oh, that's so good. Well, he's still here, and he still loves you. And, you know, I was like, so we're first, like, taking care of a little salvation, like rededication, and then we prayed for her leg, and she starts weeping and weeping, and she's like, can you pray for my son? He doesn't know Jesus. And so we, I mean, we're just having this little prayer meeting at the sample center. And then I'm like, okay, amen. And I go on and I take the card away. And I thought, what just happened? But you guys, when we listen and say yes, he starts to move. He meets us right there in Hornbachers, whatever your grocery chain is. He meets us in the grocery store. He meets us wherever. But it takes me listening. And I want us to be a people and a body of believers. He needs all hands on deck. He's pouring out his spirit right now. We are living in that Joel too. We are living in that place where he's pouring out his spirit. Things are happening. I was just with a friend who she said, I was in meetings and all were being healed and all were being saved. And she goes into the Middle East into places where no one can go. She said, in Iran, all are being healed and all are being saved as they leave the meetings. God is moving in might and he's doing it in South Dakota in North Dakota, in Ames, Iowa. He's doing it in the Midwest. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves in this Midwest region, Minnesota, whatever we say, but we're just the Midwest. He is moving in might. He's Iowa, he's got, God has your number. He's pouring out on this state. As I was in worship, I saw the Lord kept showing me over your church this double portion falling. And I saw like this dust being blown away and you've brought this new growth and God is moving, but all of a sudden it just shot up. You know when corn shoots up fast? It was like doing that. It was just like shooting up fast. And I was like, they're in that double portion season. And he's given you the gifts to steward it. He's given you leaders that are so good, that have the wisdom and are seeking God for that. But I really believe you are in a double portion season. In those season, the things that you've been contending for, I believe God is pouring out a spirit in great measure. He's meeting us in ways, in unique ways we never expected. But it's all about, he did it, he already paid for it, and he's saying, I'm coming back, and I want a bride that's ready. He wants a bride that's ready, and we just need to be ready. I hope this was encouraging. I want us um, to pray into a few things today as my closing because um, I really feel he's commissioning us and calling us. And I want us to posture our hearts to have that voice, that, to hear his voice, that posture our hearts to have ears to hear. I said that wrong. That we would posture our hearts to be ones that hear his voice, 
ones that stop and for that one person and take the risk to pray. It's a risk, you guys. My heart still goes tin, 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 tin when I pray with people. I'm like, okay, um, can I pray with you? I was on the airplane. I was like, ting, 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 can I pray with you? <laughs> you know, it's just, it, you know, and sometimes I miss it. I'll leave and go, oh, I should have prayed with that person, and I didn't. Well, don't beat yourself up. Ask for forgiveness and then say, do it again, God. Bring it again, and he will. But he's commissioned us. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. He told us to lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. He told you to go raise the dead, cleanse the leper, and heal the sick. I haven't found a leper yet, but one day I want to see a leper healed. But I think he's called us to do this. He's, those go commands are in the Bible for us. And he said, I'm going to send a helper. He said, I'll send Holy Spirit. He sent Holy Spirit to help us. He's raised this incredible standard that even greater things than I've read in this Bible are supposed to happen. Greater things than these. I can't even comprehend. I dream about that. I dream about cities saved. As I was praying over Ames, I'm like, boy, this whole city could be saved. It's not that big. I mean, it's a city. It's pretty good size. And they have a lot of college kids coming and going. But I was praying over it, and I'm like, the city could be saved. He asked that question in Isaiah, could a nation be saved in a day? Could a city be saved in a day? It could. If God falls on this place and he has this team of ignited people who go and bring the gospel and share and pray for the sick. When you pray for the sick and God heals them, make sure you share the gospel that they get saved. (laughs) Sometimes we forget we're like in awe of what he did and we're like, but they need salvation for eternity. You know, don't forget that piece of the cross either. That you keep that balance, that we hear both sides. But he has commissioned you. He's called you. So I want us to just stand up, and we're going to close with um, that. And we'll pray for the sick today, too, and we'll pray tonight as well. But Heavenly Father, right now, you have called us by name. And you know each one of us. You uniquely designed and knit us. And you said in the scripture that those gifts of the spirit that this church so freely embraces, you said to each one is given in the moment that it's needed, it's given. To each one is given. And so, Lord, we just step into that. that The gifts of the spirit are for us. God, that we can pray for the sick, God, that you have called us and called us by name to step into this. So, Heavenly Father, right now, we just posture ourselves to receive from you. We say yes to you. We say, here am I, send me. Send me to Ames, send me to my area of influence. Send me to where I work. Send me to my people. Send me to my family to be used by you to bring the gospel, to bring healing. I pray, God, just that boldness, that we'd pray over our hearts, be strong and courageous, that we would be strong and courageous, that we would boldly go for it, and we would take the risk every day. God, I ask that you make our ears so attuned to your voice that we would stop in the grocery store and say, okay, what do you want? Or stop wherever we're at, implement stores, whatever you go to. I just ask, God, that you just stop us and we would listen to your voice. And Father, I pray for each one of us that anointing, that greater things than these will we do in your name. I pray a tenacity and a hunger in our spirit to go after it, that we would say yes to you. God, you aren't finished with us yet. You are not finished. You said the latter rain is supposed to be greater than the former rain. And so I believe we're stepping into something big. I believe Ames, Iowa is on your heart. I believe you have incredible plans for this city and this church. So Heavenly Father, pour out your spirit on us right now. Pour it out. Fresh touch. Fresh anointing. Fresh fire. God, I pray over the children. There's no junior Holy Spirit. 
And I thank you for the leaders that are raising kids to go after this and parents who are raising kids to go after this. I pray as the kids lay hands on the sick, they would recover, that that's the normal for this church's kids, that they don't know any other standard. God, we pray that the doubt and the fears that we might have would be silenced over us and over our children, that they would never step into it, that they would always walk in that boldness. God, we thank you for what you're doing and for what's to come. You were, you are, and you are to come. And we thank you for the testimony, but I thank you for what you're doing right now. I thank you that you're moving in this place, and we thank you for what's yet to come for this church, for this city. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't want to leave this time. If you want prayer and you can't come tonight, I would love if our prayer team, your prayer team, could come forward. Is that okay? Um, If you'd come forward and if you want prayer, please come up. If you said, I prayed for seven years, come again. Do it again. Don't quit. God one day is going to step in and everything is going to change. I think when I leave healing meetings, the hardest thing is when I see people leave still sick. And I've heard Dr. Randy share that. And I just think that is the hardest thing when you see him not yet get their breakthrough. But I want you to know we're here to stand with you. We're here to contend for that and to believe for it. So come forward. If not, God bless you. We'll see you tonight. This has been the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. For more resources, visit us at livethemessage.org.